celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Big show for you today. Dr. Debbie's in the studio, Vladi the world-famous Russian dog wizard, Joey Villani, the dog father, Joey Turner, our animal communicator, and our brand new horse expert, Ernie Rodina, all here in President and Accounted For. Today, comedian Elaine Boozler will be joining us. Very funny, funny comedian. And uh, she has a big pet organization. Is that what's going on? She has her own. What she does is she raises money for a lot of shelters. And she gives to the little shelters around the country, not to these big organizations. But she helps the little ones. Have you ever worked with her, Joey? We worked with her on Gruma Has It. And she, let me tell you, she is funny. She's great. She's just, she's a wonderful person to be around. She really is good. And I understand she's spending more time with the animals now than she is on tour doing comedy. Doing her stand-up, yes. Ladybug, the studio stunt dog, today in a sling. As <laughs> not, not, she's not... Yeah, I noticed. What's going on with that? We, we have a camera crew in the studio today filming for TLC. And they're, Have you ever seen that show, I Clone My Pet? Yes. I well, have to. Yeah, I'm not cloning Ladybug, though. She feels comfortable in the sling, and we're not cloning her. But uh, <laughs> today we're going to have... A gentleman who wants to clone his dog in studio. And we'd love to hear what you think about it. We'll be talking to him in about an hour or so. Ernie, how are you doing today? I am doing unbelievable. You know, you're talking about cloning uh, dogs. I know they clone horses. They clone you know, horses? Cl- clone horses, clone cattle. And uh, I just was curious, do they do much cloning on dogs? Well, this is actually kind of a new thing. Now, a few years so. ago, we heard about that. Yeah, they, they started cloning cats. I guess cats were easier to clone, and dogs were a little more difficult, but they're finally getting the technology to clone the dogs. That's a weird situation for me. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm just not getting it. I mean, I understand the whole process of why you want to do it, but can you clone the soul? That's what that's I want to That's my know. theory. Can you clone the soul? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what scares me. I mean... I don't want to possess possess dog back here, you know, turning his head around and throwing up green stuff, and i got to get out of the house quick. Joy, I totally agree with you, Joey. How do you feel about it, Joey Turner, our animal communicator? I totally agree with Joey. I think that um, having a body that's exactly the same, the personality may or may not be similar, and like Joey said, how do you know what soul's going to pop in there? Somebody has to. Well, we'd love to hear what you think. This is one of those situations where people are very polarized. They think this is either a good thing to do or a bad thing to do. And, of course, we want to know exactly. I'm thinking, you know, my cat that I had when I was a young kid, if I had saved some DNA, wouldn't it be great to have him around again? Yeah, and couldn't the same soul come back? And then we've heard that so many animals are actually killed to create a clone. Yes, I think there are. They test a lot of animals, and I don't think everybody makes it. That's all on the way. Elaine Boozler and your calls. We're going to the phones next. All right, it's Vinnie Penn coming at you again on Animal Radio with the Party Animal segment. I know a lot of you out there listening are, are, are pet lovers to like the 10th degree. And uh, I've heard this story a million times before where some somehow people wind up having the same hairdo as their pet. And I have seen funny photos on Jay Leno, not that I watch that show regularly or wherever, um, but I've never seen it live and in person until the other day. I was picking my son up at daycare in a neighborhood uh, that I don't really go to. And I've, I've heard the legend of this woman. And she was out walking her dog. And listen. The hairdo was, it was so identical, it could, it has to 
have been done on purpose. She has to be taking a picture of her dog. They even had like the same ribbon or whatever in their hair. She has to be going to her salon and saying, could you make me look like this? To which the stylist must say, well, God already took care of the face. (laughs) Are you out there really doing this? Doing your hair like your dog's or doing your dog's hair like yours? This is terrifying. This is a movement that need be stopped. As a matter of fact, why don't you inundate the the animal radio or Hal Abrams inbox, as a matter of fact, with photos? Maybe we could start posting the, the ones who have a contest of sorts. And the prize could be therapy. Vinny Penn, Party Animal on Animal Radio. The following program is a repeat of an earlier broadcast. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. In a few minutes, we're going to be talking to a guy who wants to clone his dog. I don't know if you've ever seen that TLC program, I Clone My Pet. Well, this is your chance to chime in on this. Do you think it's a good idea that he should clone his dog, or do you think it's not? Or would you clone your pet? No. (laughs) <laughs> Joey, you're not pretty animate it. about that. I'm not doing it, not doing it. My wife would love to if, God forbid, something happened to Miles, but um, we're why, not doing it. Why wouldn't you do it, Joey? You know what? I mean, I, I understand because I wouldn't do it. I, I don't know. It's the whole soul thing. It's a spiritual thing for me. I just don't want to don't want to go there just yet. I need more proof. Mm, okay. Ernie, what, would you clone your animal? You know what? I, I think for the average horse owner, the horse exhibitor, it gets tough when you're competing against these world champions that can maybe continue to clone them and clone them. And so it takes out, uh, you know, I think the fact that if you don't, if you don't clone them, it makes everything a little bit more on an even playing field. And, you know, Joey makes a great point on the, on the, uh, whether it be the personality of the pet or the, or even the, uh, uh, as far as the soul, I have to go with Joey. Oh, okay, so that would be a, a no. A no. Okay. Joy, I have a question for you now. In a few minutes, we're going to be talking to George Semmel, and he's the guy that wants to clone his dog. His dog was Bob and was killed uh, in an accident. That little chihuahua. We'll find out more in just a few minutes. But coming up in just a few minutes, Elaine Boozler and, uh, of course, Joey with his tip of the week. What's that going to be about? We are going to talk about the importance of knowing the life cycle of a flea. I'm getting very, you know, life cycle complicated of a flea. here. <laughs> very scientific, but um, it's a very, very important thing you need to know. That's all in the way right here. We're taking a phone call. I believe we have Jason on the phone for Vladi the World, famous Russian dog wizard. Jason, welcome to the show. How you guys doing? Hi, Jason. How are you? I have a uh, 13-week-old chocolate lab, and uh, I've got him house broke. I've even taught him how to sit by verbal and hand command. But when he's in the truck, he uses he goes to the bathroom on his dog bed and not the puppy pads that I put down just in case I can't stop fast enough for him. Okay. How, how old is your puppy? I'm sorry? How old is your puppy? He's 13 weeks old. Uh, translate in European. We talk. We don't talk in weeks. We talk in months. Really? <laughs> three, yes, three, really. M- three months, Vladi. Thank you. Thank you, Miss, Miss, Miss Producer. Thank you. Three months. Well, yeah. how many hours are you expecting him to keep urine at three months? Uh, I, I stop every two hours. Okay, that's plenty. Look color of the Labrador Retrievers really affect their personality. I'm not the racist or breedist or feminist, whatever it is, but that's what it is. 
<laughs> you know, uh, chocolate lab, we, we say they're dumb. Not all of them, but some of them. Yellow lab can you're be aggressive. Watch what you're saying there, Vlad. Wait a minute. you got to watch the <laughs> Labrador comments. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. A lab, uh, yellow lab can be aggressive, and black lab just the best. Uh, of course, the uh, England, Eng- English labs would be much better than Americans, much calmer. Just for everyone who is listening right now, I would like to bring that in a nice way. Now, about your particular situation. Well, uh Stopping by and telling the dog go party, go party, party uh, go party, and uh, let him pee and have a great experience. Love it. It's a great thing. However, supervising him uh, when he is in your truck would be very advisable. You doing a huge disservice to you and to your dog to teaching your dog to pee and poop in your truck. I don't care about pee pads real at this age. You know what? Even if I would live in Moscow, in the 16th floor people, and even if I had a chihuahua, you know what? I would hit the elevator. I was going to go down because the searching things my dog must do outside, not inside. Okay? I am so against this pee pads unless we have a very special needs. If I have a 95 years old grammar and I have a dog who just, you know, pain in the neck, I definitely will get settled on pee pads, but not in your situation. So, no pee pads, no grass in your truck. Your truck is your dog's little house. Clean it up everything, put in your truck, and listen, please, I mean, people, when you call to the Vladi, you always have two choices, or brush it off and just keep doing what you've been doing and have a problem and keep complaining, keep blaming yourself, your dog, or Russians. Who else you guys can <laughs> or take the or take the actions. Taking actions much harder. Keep complaining much easier. And here's the action plan. Number one, clean up your truck from from the urine. Uh, use the special product from the pet store, enzyme based. Step number two, s- set up the nice crate. Nice crate. It can be a traveling crate, like a nylon one. It can be a plastic one. But get this heck. Of crate in your in in your truck and when you're driving and you cannot supervise your puppy put this puppy in the crate oh he's doing one right now i i do have the cleaners and stuff like that but when i take him out of the crate to try to get him used to the actual ride without being in the crate he'll go to the he'll go straight to his uh little bed and he'll pee on it and then I have to put him back in the crate again. No, uh, no. Here's what I want you to do. I want to. I, I want to first. You spend some time with your dog while you're not driving. When you let the dog go, just train him like uh, you would. You would have him in your house. Let him run around around this area while you're not driving and you're not occupied on the road. When you have some break, okay. I would like to clean up that area where he, where the pee pads, whatever he used to do it. And after that, here's the trick. I want you put the football in that particular place and start to feed him in that area because dog like a humans they don't eat hamburgers in the bathroom okay if you put the football in that particular area of course if you clean it first he's not going to pee and poop in that particular area and he has no business to pee and poop in your truck no business two hours it's more than enough for three months puppy for two weeks i would keep him strictly or in the crate or with me every two hours outside every time my puppy pee as he pee i say good boy good boy good girl whatever he finished a lot of celebrations that's what i would do if i were you Thank you for calling us. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. 
If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Ouch! Well, by wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor, or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you. Painless. No more pricking my finger. No finger pricks. Convenience. They delivered it free and they took care of all the paperwork. You can reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use, and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus, we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. That's 800-785-1673. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Dr. Debbie answering your vet medical questions. Vladi, the world-famous Russian dog wizard in place. Joey Volani, the dog father. Animal communicator Joy Turner and our brand-new horse expert Ernie Rodina. Just a few moments, Elaine Boozler will be joining us, comedian Elaine Boozler. And, of course, we've been talking about this so far. We want to hear from you. What do you think? Would you clone your animal? In just a few minutes, we're going to talk to a guy who wants to clone his animal. And if we sound out of sorts today, it's because we have TLC in studio filming for their program. I cloned my pet, and I asked them if they could talk on the air. They're like the Disney characters. They they can just look pretty. They can't talk. They actually <laughs> pull their tongue out so they can't talk. Stacy Cohen working hard in the newsroom. What do you got going on? You know, it's one thing you come out of the beauty shop and you go, oh, my haircut. But what about when you pick up li- your little loved one, your little dog that you love cuddling and holding, and their fluffy, soft hair, and you're s- expecting them to be just picture perfect when you pick them up? And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, it's one of those hairless dogs now. <laughs> because your dog groomer didn't know what the heck they were doing. Well, a senator from California wants to change that and license your dog groomer. I'll tell you about it coming up on Animal Radio News. Joey, you got you to gotta love that. I do love it, but I, I don't think you will see it in our lifetime. It's always really? a senator always. Yeah, a senator always makes this statement. I've heard it, honestly, from four different senators because their dogs came back either injured and, and it just gets, you know, pushed on, you know, to the wayside. But I would love it to happen. Now, you've heard what's happened this last week in, uh, or I guess this last couple of weeks in Honolulu. A woman went to Petco to pick up her gro- or dog after being groomed, and apparently its ear fell off. They tried oh. to, they cut his ear, and this is not the first time this has happened. No. They cut his ear, and they super glued it back on. Oh, come on. Do, do, do you frown upon that when that happens? Yeah, you're not supposed to super glue <laughs> okay. animals' parts back on. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know that. That's uh, not yeah. good policy. Yeah, there. when you go into your groomers and you see super glue, turn around and run. The phone lines lit up. We're going to go to the phones in just a couple of seconds. But uh, first, I think it would be appropriate for the dog father to do his tip of the week. And it has nothing to do... With gluing animal parts back on. Let's hope. No, no, it doesn't. So we're not going to glue anything on, but we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics on animal radio. And I, I like to talk about fleas because so many people have questions about it. 
So what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about the life cycle of a flea because it's important to know this because just last week we did a rescue of uh, 50 dogs that were, you know, locked in, in, in a basement and a woman died and they didn't know that she was a hoarder. And we went down in there and it was like one of those versions of infested where you see the, the, the bugs everywhere where the fleas were just running up your ankles, oh. um, you know, almost to your knees where, where, where you, your knees were almost black covered in fleas. And it can get really bad. You know, fleas have four stages. They start out with the egg, which everyone knows, to the larva. And the larvae, what they do, they're little worms. They're blind. But they can live off of the pet. You know, and they'll eat anything that's, that's organic, whether it be fecal matter, whether it be, you know, just some food droppings, no matter what it is. And after a couple of days, they pupitate, okay, which means they cocoon. That's a big word and there. And then they pupitate. What was that, pupitate? Like that, huh? That's I three like syllables that. for Joey. That, Pretty good. I know, that's, that's big for me. Yes, that is. Um, and they turn into, into an adult flea. Fleas can live anywhere from two weeks up to a, a month or so, depending on the conditions. If the conditions are right, you know, the, 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 the temperature is between 70 and 80, and they have host blood that they can live on. They can live up to two months. A flea that lives up to two weeks can lay up to 500 eggs, and the eggs can come off the pet, and they can, they can um, you know, live anywhere. And it's funny because fleas are smart. They lay their eggs in batches. So what they'll do is they'll lay a little bit here, lay a little bit there, just to make sure that they preserve their, um, you know, the, their life cycle. So if, if something happens over here, well, the eggs over here can hatch and they can, they can live on. The problem with this is a lot of times people think, you know what, I can get my dog flea bathed and take, and take care of it. But you have to take care of everything, the bedding. you got to make sure you vacuum. Even hardwood floors, I mean, the larvae get in there and they'll live in there for a while until they come out and, and turn into an adult flea. And they're smart because once they turn into an adult flea, don't you know how? Yes. What they'll do is, is they'll wait for a vibration, and they know that something's around, and then they'll come out and go go on that pet. They also know when your dog, cat, rabbit, squirrel, whatever they're living on, when they are pregnant and give birth. Wow. And when they give birth, they know that there's more hosts, and they'll come off, and some will go onto that onto oh, those hosts. That's and that's sick. how they keep spreading. And, you know, if you think about it, if you don't take care of a situation, and they can lay up to 500 eggs in two weeks, think about you know, what, what 500 fleas can do after two weeks, and then another 500 after that, and after that. And then all we got is fleas. It's then, terrible. Then it's like the animal radio studios. Hey. hey. I'm just saying. Okay, there you go. Joey Polani, just a few minutes away from Elaine Boozler, comedian Elaine Boozler joining us. And also, we're going to be talking to this guy who wants to clone his dog. Apparently, the dog passed in an accident. We'll find out more in just a few minutes. In studio today, we have the camera crew from I Cloned My Pet on TLC. Uh, to find out what he has to say about it. We're taking your phone calls. We want to know what you think about it. Vlade, would you have your dog cloned if you needed to? I mean, you love Mika. If Mika passed, let's say, in an unfortunate accident, would you clone Mika? Mika, would you like me to clone you? Right? Yeah, she said she would love me. So, you know, I probably will. You know, that's a, that's a great idea to do it. You I, know, I wanted to clone my first dog, Alki. That one was like a human being, people. Mika, you know, when Mika is just a great pet. I would put, I would leave it like that, but I would clone her too. <laughs> Do you get your money back if it doesn't clone right? I mean, do I get my fifty thousand back if um if the clone don't come out just the way it's supposed to? Is that how much it costs to clone your pet? I don't know. I 
I believe so. We'll have to I, find I, out I, the I believe, deal. I've, I've read that. Okay, well, even if it's not, do you get your money back? I mean, do I get a money back guarantee? Yeah. Now, I've heard. I don't know. People say that several animals' lives have to be taken for a clone. And through I don't the know, testing, oh, yeah, and, and yeah. I don't really understand the the process of it, but going through the DNA and stuff, I guess they have to use several surrogate animals to come up with the right one. Huh. We'll find out in just a few minutes. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. We are live with George Semmel in the studio, and George cloned his dog. Now, when he came into the studio, I thought he was thinking about cloning his dog, but apparently he has already cloned his dog. George, welcome to Animal Radio. Come on out close to the microphone. Thank you. Uh, So tell us now, first of all, what happened to your original dog? He was being walked, and a Rottweiler named Dexter came out and uh, of an uh, off-leash out of an open door and uh, killed him with one bite. He got into the femoral artery, and he, he bled out. How old was he when this happened? About two and a half, just, uh, just out of puppyhood. Oh, wow. Pretty young, and he must have been pretty distraught at the time. That's an understatement. Did you think that at that time you wanted to clone him? How did you find out that there was the, the chance of cloning him? And now, of course, I should preface that you are a doctor and I believe a plastic surgeon. Is that yep. correct? Yes, sir. So you probably already knew about that. We have tissue uh, that's cryopreserved already from a different dog from 2005, but we couldn't afford it. And it was almost in advance of the proper techniques of doing it. Okay. So she's still on hold. But you have you have cloned the dog now? Yes, sir. What what did you find out? What do you have a dog that's similar? What is the process? Well, the the, the process is is that uh, ideally when the dog is alive if you're planning cloning you take tissue, but we took tissue after he was dead. Okay. Uh we got the tissue to uh Worcester, Massachusetts at the university under under their auspices of the University of uh, Worcester where he, the cell cultures were made. Uh the cell cultures grew when the dog was a week dead. So those cells were quite revivable, and uh, we had three colonies growing. Ultimately, we had 10 colonies. 10 colonies? That, that means you had 10 chances? Many chances, 10 million cells. The dog that you have now, how old is the dog? Well, I don't have the dog. The okay. dog is in Korea. He came back as triplets. He is about nine weeks old. And where is he now, in Korea? He, he's in Korea with his mother, with his surrogate mother. How did you find the surrogate mother? Oh, well, this was done by the SOAM lab. Okay, and how much did you pay for this procedure? I'm sworn to secrecy. It's an expensive proposition. Over $50,000? Yes. Over $100,000? Over $100,000? No. No, okay. What, what were you going to say, Vlad? Just was thinking, you know, in America, it's impolite to ask about the money. I've been told when we came from Russia. But, you know, I, I wanted to ask about the money, too. But when the gentleman mentioned his specialty, I can figure out. Well, you know. He can find the money. That's all I want to tell you. But yeah, you know, sure. As a plastic surgeon, you make, you make enough money to do this. So have you seen the animal? Videos of the animal? I saw the animal uh, December 16th as a surprise because I didn't know they cloned the dogs. It was a surprise to me. And I saw the, the head and the heartbeat on ultrasound. They showed me only one puppy. They thought there might be three, but one was clear. And then the next time I saw them was on December 28th when they were born. Okay, and, and is the, the animal any, anything like your original dog? Identical. I mean, identical, because I, I got him too young at three weeks. He was a rescue dog out of a supermarket parking lot. And instead of being, you know, an older dog, he was like a three-week-old dog. And I, I know what he looked, looked like. He lived in a sock. He was so tiny. Is there any guarantees that, that you got, you know, that, that the dog is going to be just like the original dog? I mean, did they give you any guarantees at all? It's sort of like children. You hope for the best. 
No, no one in America giving any warranties. You know, we know that they're so. supposed to be genetically well, identical. Uh, he looks genetically identical. Um, the the uh, they they warrant though I haven't asked them to do that that they that if you did genetic testing it would be the same. Uh, the genome was done by uh, uh, by. Uh, 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 Dr. Gillen. Does, uh, and, and then, of course, you test the DNA, so you know that they're not pulling your leg when they say, okay, this is your clone. I'm taking their word for it. You're taking their word for it? Yes. Wow. Well, he's a deer chihuahua. He's an unusual uh, dog. He has off, off, uh, offbeat markings, and he has blue eyes. With so many animals in the shelters that need to be adopted right now, didn't you feel that uh, maybe you'd go save an animal in the shelter instead of uh, bringing another one in? Well, I was saving a saved animal that didn't get to be fully saved. I mean, I had made a commitment to a saved animal. But how much of this animal is really Bob, the original Bob? I mean, DNA, yes. Well, there is a great uh, bit of DNA memory. When, when you raise children, children are very different, and they come in different, and they, re- and they remember things differently. And It's the difference between an old soul and a new soul. When do you get to see Bob? Uh, I hope soon. I haven't quite arranged the uh, pickup at this point, but that will be soon. Are you just going to name him Bob, too, or just keep him as Bob? Well, we need three names because he is three entities. And you say that because there are three dogs that have come from this? or Yes, the, he, he's come back as triplets. As triplets. Wow. Okay, very weird. Can we take some phone calls for this? Please. I believe we have Allison on the phone. Allison, welcome to the show. Hi. I just, I, I really am disturbed by this whole, whole process. I... I, uh, first of all, you know, this becomes a twin. It's not really the dog. It's like if you have two humans, one is, you know, the, the twin brother and sister, and they're not going to be exactly alike. So are, are you thinking that this dog is going to be exactly like your other dog? When you have male and female twins, they're fraternal. For, t- for twins to be identical, uh, they have to be the same sex. Identical twins are made from the same genetic material because the egg, the egg breaks but in half. Per, but their personalities are unique. They're all their same personalities. Like, I have a dog. I have this dog. I'd love to clone her named Polly. And the only problem with Polly, I wouldn't want to clone her because she has a great personality, but she pees all the time when she gets excited and sees somebody. We call her Polly Pee-Pee, of course. But... Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, do you really want a dog that's going to do that? Well, the thing is, I want to know what's going to happen. I have a great intellectual curiosity as to where death ends, where death begins. I mean, you have an animal that was dead where we can get a cell culture and grow what I believe to be an dog. Hello, it is not the same dog. It's got, it's it's like kids. I mean, you know, you've got their siblings, but it's not the same dog. Well, we haven't cloned people. I, I don't want to be argumentative, and I respect your position. I mean, yes, that's true. It is the best well, I can do for this puppy. What about God? I mean, God is really not, in the Bible, it says not to do this because, you know, you're, you're messing with the embryos of, of, a, of another, um, in this case, is an animal, but it's well, really sacrilegious. I'm not certain of that because... It's done really differently. See, his his uh, genetic material came from a skin cell. Uh, no embryo was killed to uh, to make this uh, dog. I mean, th- there has been no sacrifice. 
and the mother looks pretty cute and solid. I mean, she's a, a golden retriever, but she, you know, took to it quite well. Uh, what, when when, I, when I, embryos are, are killed, I agree with you. It's it's really a pity. It's an interesting experiment, but I just really think that you're not going to have the same dog, and it's like you wasted a lot of money. I got a feeling. You what are you going to do if the dog point. isn't what you want? Are you gonna, what are you going to do then? What? Well, you make excellent points. <laughs> I, I can't say that I haven't considered all of your considerations. Thank you for your call I gotta, today. I got to chime in. Do you think Bob's soul comes back into in, into this new dog? I mean, is do you, do you feel that there's a soul? I mean, did that ever come across your mind? No, I am a fairly mystical person, and the thing is, is that the. Uh, we wrote a song about it. We, we did a lot of thinking about it. And we thought about this poor puppy that wanted to come home that had no body to come to. I did it for the dog. I, I didn't really do it for myself. And I find it a little pricey and I, you know, I'm pinched, but that's cool. I mean, I, I did what I thought was the right thing for the puppy, meeting my obligation to him. And I really want to know. And, and nobody so really this knows. So isn't, this isn't for you. This is for the puppy. Yes. That's what you're saying. Well, of course. The phones are ringing white hot today. I think it's because of our guest, George Simmel, who is a, a doctor, a plastic surgeon. His puppy, a deerhead chihuahua, was uh, taken from his life very young by another dog, a dog attack. And uh, he decided he wanted to clone Bob the dog and has done that and has three uh, adorable little deerhead chihuahuas, which you don't know if those are the actual clones. They look pretty close. They look close. Okay. All what I want to say, I want to clone my wife, Antonina, just 20 years younger. Hopefully she doesn't listen to me right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you paid a lot of money and more money. You went into this thinking maybe you'd spend a, a certain amount. And can I say you were held ransom by the Koreans? The, would that be correct? Well, I... I think there are great cultural differences in the way we negotiate. If I did a surgery that way, I would probably be in jail. <laughs> but, I mean, you just can't. I mean, it, it is what it is. And uh, one of the one of the doctors, Taeyong, came out to visit me. He seems like a nice guy. Uh, they pioneered a technique. Uh, their style is very different from mine. But what, what can you do about it? It's done. Okay. Dr. Debbie, I got to ask you this question. If you had somebody that came in, their dog was had passed and wanted it to be cloned, what would you what would you say to them? Oh, you know what? I, I, for me, I, I, I'm excited by the scientific side of cloning, and I think it's really cool. However, as a pet owner and as a veterinary professional, I, I just don't see that this would be a great solution uh, for myself or for many of my clients. Because when we look at pets and you know what, what, what makes a pet, we're looking at training, experience, the environment, and, and also genetics. Um, so for me, that's a, a very different situation. And just like my sister has a lot of my traits, we're not the same person. Um, and we do share the common genetic link. So for me, I think I would probably have to say that I would cherish those memories with my pets. And, uh, you know, that's also part of what I think really makes um, owning a pet and having a pet in your life so special because you learn with each progressive pet that you have. They're different individuals and you get different things from them and you give different things back to them. So I, I wouldn't want to shortchange that experience for myself. Hmm. When do you get these animals? I'm sorry, we're going to say something? Yes, I, I just uh, love the way Dr. Davy looks today and she smells adorable. Okay, you know what? <laughs> you know what? We're going to the phones next and we want to find out. Caller, I know you're waiting there. Hang tight. We'll be right back with you. It's Animal Radio. Stick around, you lucky dog. Do you have a home that you don't want anymore? 
We can buy it from you within 24 hours, any home, size, or condition. For over 20 years, we've been buying homes for cash and helping homeowners sell their homes immediately with no listings or strangers walking through your home. Are you moving? Did you lose your job? Going through a divorce? Whatever the reason, if you're in a bind and you know that you need to sell your house fast, call the expert team at I Need to Sell My House Fast. We'll make you a serious cash offer to buy your home in 24 hours and let you walk away from it. No listing, no waiting. Sell any home, any size, any condition now. Call the expert team at I Need to Sell My House Fast. Make this free call now. 800 478 6084. 800 478 6084. 800 478 6084. That's 800 478 6084. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Joining us, we have George Semple, and he's a doctor, a plastic surgeon, who has decided to clone his dog, who was accidentally killed by another dog at a very young age. And he has uh, three dogs now came out of it, apparently. And he is not doing it for himself, he says. He says he's doing this for the dog. He owes it to the dog. Now, I got I to gotta say, it sounds like you're playing God there a little bit. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I couldn't do that. I think it's the next step of evolution. And I think that dogs are the forerunners of doing other things medically and for people and for rare animals and for near extinct species and for rare species and for certain animals that don't reproduce well that should be preserved. I mean, it's a very wide open field. Oh. It would be like looking at the Wright brothers and uh, trying to make it the conclusion from that first bite. Sure. I'd like to go to the phones and find out what you think. We have Jeff on the phone. Hey, Jeff, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Al. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Would you clone your dog? No. I love my dog. I I love my dog, and obviously, you know, in the stage of life I'm at, this is like the third or fourth different dog I've had, you know, based on the generations. And each generation as you move on you just have a different dog and i i just kind of kind of having a hard time with this what are you having a hard time with it just seems artificial it just doesn't seem right i i i don't know there's so many problems going on right now with too many pets too many dogs not having homes some of them don't get to live long because of what's going on and that's just how i feel about it well i mean this he was a rescue dog it was a rescue dog. I mean, we got him in a parking lot. You know, it isn't like it's some pedigreed thing that uh, you could go and buy another one of. And he's a throwback to the original uh, source of chihuahuas. He's a deer chihuahua, and that, that really isn't a breedable breed. You paid a lot of money to have him cloned. Not and intentionally. Not intentionally? What do you mean by that? Well, I, I uh, was preserving the material because I thought that was the right thing to do. And then other dogs were going to Korea uh, to be uh, cloned or or have a shot at cloning, and I could get a discount on his ticket. And so I was told, we'll take advantage of the deal. He'll go to Korea, and then you can work out the detail, or he can be kept there until you have the money or you work out something. What's very interesting is that they tested the material for viability, and they got a pregnancy right away. He, I got, they got a pregnancy within 10 days. And I don't know whether that was fresh material. I, I had to take it myself in my own uh, uh, surgery center because it was on a weekend, and there was no time to wait, and we didn't have a kit, and there was some improvisation. I'm not going to say that I brought something to the table, but there, it certainly wasn't done the way they're typically 
done. And we sent... I, uh, I don't understand what you mean by that. Well, I, I don't want to get into the technical thing, but they're, they're usually sent with different antibiotics, and I don't know quite how the, the biopsies are taken or how they're done. I had to sort of figure it out for myself and do it. And so what I chose, there's a stem cell for every hair follicle, and I chose you know, a, a protected hairy area where I thought there would be a lot of stem cells to propagate for him. And I guess I hit the jackpot. I was lucky because he was five days dead before they were even plating him out. And from what I understand, they uh, had him cloned and you didn't know it? At no, first? they surprised me. Uh, when somebody does something nice to you and it's a surprise, even if it's very expensive, one has to temper one's surprise. And Did get... you know how much it was going to cost when you first went into this? I didn't agree to it. You didn't agree to anything. And it was a little more. Is that what happened? It's very stiff. We're selling a song to try to raise money to get the money back. Which uh, brings up another point when I want to talk about there's this. There's a recession on. I'm part it of it. Sure is. It. Everybody's feeling a little bit of a I, I don't want to seem above it all. I'm a, I'm a regular guy. I've done well, but I mean, I don't have that kind of pocket money. We will play the song in just a couple of minutes, but your hopes with the song. And you brought in your buddy here, Alex, Alex Michael, who uh, wrote the song and produced the song. We wrote it together. Your hope is that you will sell enough of these to help fund the cloning. And I got to, if you just tuned in right now, the dog has already been cloned. You have three lovely dogs, three little puppies that are nine weeks old. I believe that, about that, yes. And you have no proof that those animals are actually the... I mean, these guys in Korea, they could be pulling one over on you. And it wouldn't be the first time anyone in Korea has pulled anyone over on us, right? I mean, well, uh, how, how do you know they're not just saying, hey, you know, we, we found some deerhead chihuahuas. And uh, for the kind of money that you're talking about, you could find those deerhead chihuahuas. I could do that in me. a few phone calls. Believe me. Uh, well, Ron Gillen uh, from Perpetuate has been in contact with them. And, and there has been some discussion about the genetic identical aspect of it. I mean, I just don't think that they would be up for that type of, well, I mean, fraud. I mean, that would be fraud. I just don't think. Sure, it would be fraud. You know, they they have cloned other dogs. Uh, character assassination just doesn't look well among professionals. And of course, this would be, you would be pioneering an industry now and a television show called I Clone My Pet on TLC. And by the way, they're in studio filming this entire thing today. The phones are ringing red hot here at Animal Radio. Hi, Debbie. Welcome to Animal Radio. Hi there. What do you think? Um... I'm conflicted and I'm confused. <laughs> I'm just wondering. Um, I do have um, a little Pomeranian that I had cremated years ago. Can you go anywhere with that, with the cremation remains? Or from my from my understanding, you need uh, the genetic code, and it can't be frozen. You have to have a refrigerated pet and fairly fresh tissue. So usually, if it's done in contemplation of death, it's done by a vet with anesthesia. Uh, when it's done at death or a- after death, it's a long shot. It's, it's a 50-50 chance. Mm. So when, when people discuss about, is this faded? I mean, this dog had some luck. <laughs> Did you, when, when the dog was killed, thank you, Debbie, for your call, by the way. I appreciate it. When your dog was killed, did you immediately rush parts of it to the freezer? Well, you, you can't freeze, but no. Um, we... Uh, Brought him home with fixed dilated pupils, uh, sopping in blood, um, and had a fit. <laughs> sure. And then we refrigerated him. A dog, another dog attacked your original Bob. Well, thing is, is that had the dog provoked it, had he run in the street, I would probably take a different position. A Rottweiler ran out of an open door. If, if that Rottweiler had happy parents for that dog, they would he would have been eating or getting petted at breakfast time, not uh, running out and killing. And what what made me crazed was that they offered to put him down, which I think is totally wrong because it's the owner's fault, not not the Rottweiler's fault. And the Rottweiler is okay. A lot of times I've just seen so many good owners just have a bad dogs. I think as the society, when 
Taiwanese to accept the fact, which is very hard for many Americans to swallow, that not every puppy is created equally. Some of them created smart, some stupid, some between. Some of them just sociopath. <laughs> How'd you like to eliminate your expensive cable bill forever or get new satellite internet where cable can't go? Well, now you can have affordable satellite internet service for a few dollars a day. All you need is a mini satellite installed and you can have unlimited internet connections wirelessly in your home or office. And no cable boxes means unlimited connections and no clutter. You can surf the internet or stream any of your favorite television services with no cable. And the best part is, satellite internet service costs only a few dollars a day for your entire home. Yes, fast internet to surf or stream television for a few bucks a day. Call now for free details and learn how to drop your expensive cable bill. 800-696-2871-800-696-2871-800-696-2871. That's 800-696-2871. Celebrating our connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio. Here are your hosts, Al Abrams and Judy Francis. And your entire dream team is here. Dr. Debbie answering your vet medical questions. Vladi, the world famous Russian dog wizard. Joey Volani, the dog father. Animal communicator Joey Turner. And Ernie Rodina, our brand new horse expert. And if you just tuned in, wow. You missed a lot. Don't forget, you can get that podcast over at AnimalRadio.com. And uh, check us out on Facebook, too. Like us on Facebook at Animal Radio or tweet us with your questions at Animal Radio. Coming up in just a few minutes, Elaine Boozler. Comedian Elaine Boozler continues the season of stars following her cat Cora next weekend. Ed Begley Jr., Gary Berghoff, Park Overall, and Donny Osmond wrapping up the summer of stars. And Stacy working hard in the newsroom. Well, five chimps were monkeying around and... Guess what? Somebody got pregnant. The only problem is all these chimps were supposed to have vasectomies. And this happened at a retirement community. You can only imagine. (laughs) I'll give you the details. I know. It's coming up on Animal Radio News. Last hour, we introduced George Simmel. And he decided, after his uh, dog got brutally destroyed by uh, another dog, that he wanted to clone his dog, Bob. And he sent the DNA off to Korea and now has three baby dogs. He, they're actually not in his possession right now. When are you going to get them? Uh, soon. That's to be determined, but very soon. And there's no way to verify that these are actually the... There is. I, I, when they come, I can send a swab to perpetuate, and Ron Gillen can double-check the DNA. But it, they look alike. I mean, with pictures, they are they are really knockoffs. You're going to... Well, okay. You're going to have uh, to, to spend a lot of money on this. Did you have to get a loan for this? Obviously... Come on. Well, he's a plastic surgeon. He doesn't need that. Well, he's trying to raise money with the, with the song, the clone song that we just played, 99 cents. And by the way, if you didn't hear it, head on over to the website, and you can actually download the song for 99 cents. Hopefully, a lot of these songs will sell, and it will help you pay for this, right? Is That, that the- would be really handy. I, I've come to some terms with them. They asked me not to discuss it, and I can respect their position. Okay. And I also understand that you're not doing it for you. This isn't some kind of selfish thing where you just wanted to have your dog back. This is something that you felt you owed to the original dog, Bob. Is that correct? Well, the original contract was to take care of him. <laughs> Unsigned, unwritten, but the deal was to take care of him. And the thing is, he was cut short. And the thing is, he didn't contribute to his demise. He was doing what he should be doing. Okay. 
Coming up this hour, Elaine Boozler will go back to the phones right now. We'd love to hear what you're thinking. Hi, Sherry. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for waiting so long. Where are you calling from today? Uh, Oregon State. So what do you think of this whole cloning thing, Sherry? Well, you know, I spend a lot of time on Pet Finder. I've had pets all throughout my 50 years on this earth. And I think you can fall in love with any pet at any time, whether it's an iguana, whether it's a squirrel, whether it's your pet cat. And I get on Pet Finder and I immediately fall in love. I just think there are thousands of pets right now who, for whatever reason under the earth, don't have homes. And I think our money for cloning, the money for cloning, would be well better spent giving love and care and attention to a dog, a cat, any animal that's already here that needs us. There is a different aspect of this. And the thing is, that when does death really begin? What is death? No, nobody is questioning this. And we, you certainly can't begin questioning this with humans. Well, no, it's a you scientific, can't, but, it's a but scientific I think endeavor. with euthanasia, too. I mean, if you, if you get on and you find out about a humane society that can't house any more cats because somebody hoarded them, and then all of a sudden all these cats who certainly didn't contribute to their demise, they're gone, too, because nobody wanted them. Well, I mean, you make a wonderful point. I mean, I, I can't disagree with your position. I mean, you, you make a valid position. I think that somebody has to be adventurous enough to examine what the, what the, uh, what the boundaries are and to well, push the boundaries. That's true. Science is good, and, and it has contributed to a lot of health in this country and other countries. So it's certainly there is a place for it. But if you, then, then everybody that clones should then go to the animal shelter and take another animal on, and you they'd be doing two good things. Hmm. Well, you know, you know, I have a very strong opinion about this. Um, and uh, we are as a society crying about every rescue dog and as we should. But we, we're like, uh, like a, uh, in the boat, sinking boat trying to just get this water out of the boat and continue sinking because we as usually as every time and so many times in the United States we just look for the symptoms and on the see the cause why are we having all those dogs and I have to tell you an unwanted dog I'm not a spokesperson for the cats the hell will tell you a little bit differently but for the dogs you know number one it is the uh, breeders are not licensed like in Europe. So everyone who, who know, makes some money, they just do these things and, uh, you know, the dog says out of control. And part of the problem is genetics, number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, well, uh, what about training? Do you know for the last 10, 15 years, dog training in America turns into the fun? No structures, no discipline, nothing. And now... Um, Kids out of control in this country, so many of them, like our puppies, become systematic for the society. So I kind of, on his side right now, we are society needs to take care of the root cause. And if someone wants to have a puppy from the breeder, they must be licensed and you have to have a good puppy. Or somebody want to clone the dog, that's plastic surgeon, make money. Go ahead for that. That's <laughs> <is> my opinion. <laughs> you feel like you're a pioneer and that maybe other people are going to follow in your footsteps here. Well, you know, when I started plastic surgery, I think there was one in Massachusetts. There were 66 in California. Uh, when tissue glue was being developed, they began working on it when I was a resident in the Medical University of Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, I, I've been involved with fibrin glue, which is a different form of tissue glue that's biodegradable. I am interested in pushing the frontier. Sure. And... Uh, I felt responsible to this dog. I acted hastily, but I effectively um, uh, in the heat of the moment. 
I understood what I did. I, I made a commitment to the dog. I, I think that there's some element of this wanting to be because it wasn't a hard one. I'm told that they have difficulty getting some dogs to, to grow and to happen. This one happened very quickly. So there's some element of fate in this. And we, the information that I want to get is, is information that we should know. It's sure. not somebody without a life trying to save or, or remedy their own life with another being. I, I, I get you there. Now, is this going to lead to humans being cloned? Well... Yes, I think that when you lose a child, when somebody gets hideously killed in battle for some reason, or there is these hideous accidents, I, I think there is a place for that. I, I know that that's going to raise an eyebrow or two, but you can't start with people. You have to start with puppies and see what it, if it's a good thing or a bad thing. The phones are ringing white hot today. I think it's because of our guest, George Simmel, who is a plastic surgeon. His puppy, a deer-headed chihuahua, was taken from his life by a dog attack. He decided he wanted to clone Bob the dog and has done that. You know, I, I just want to say one thing here about cloning is when we're breeding dogs, um, there's a a male and a female that are bred. So when we're doing cloning, there's actually a surrogate. So we have to kind of focus not only on um, the person's wishes and the impending pets that are coming, but there's actually one dog or actually several female dogs awaiting implantation. So I think we're getting down a slippery slope of keeping dogs as surrogates, basically in a kennel-confined environment. And, um, you know, is this getting to the point where we're not getting too far away from puppy mills? Are we going to be planning on keeping a mother dog in cages for the benefit of having offspring um, that we can enjoy. And especially in a foreign country, that's out of our hands. What are we going to be putting those animals through in those countries? Well, this particular uh, golden retriever looked pretty happy and was a very good mommy because I saw the, the nursing and the cleaning and all that stuff. But you have to remember that the technique that's used is used in people. I mean, there, there are women with ovaries and no uterus that can have a baby and they need a surrogate to carry it. There are women who are really willing willing to do it and they take the money and send their existing kids to, to college. I mean, they're happily married, normal people. I my think point is that, that that mother dog didn't ask for that. This isn't like some family that needs a child. This is a dog that's an innocent female dog that didn't ask to be impregnated. So I think that's kind of a, another side of the ethical question here. Well, I mean, I've had children. I mean, I haven't born children, but I've had children. I mean, I, I never thought of pregnancy as a as a as a punishment to a woman necessarily, particularly if you're a, if you're a larger, more childbearing woman can can bear a child easily. A, a large dog can bear a little dog quite easily. It isn't ah, like there's I see a that all the time. I see people come in with breeding their dogs to the point of overbreeding, where it becomes something that this poor dog never intended, never wanted to get through, and it really becomes taxing. So I think that becomes the point where, yeah, do we think they mind? Maybe not. But is it something good for them? Is it really what is in their best interest? Um, and I think that this could be a very dangerous position that we get into um, with the actual breeders. Well, the thing is that everybody's taking the tack. Uh, that these people in a foreign land are completely unethical and unscrupulous, and although they're culturally very different. And I won't say that I haven't uh, had very difficulty understanding, but the thing is that you can't assume the worst about everything about everybody, and there has to be somebody first. And there has to be an early wave, and then see what's right and what's wrong, and figure out from the data, and publish the data, and see what happens. I mean, there was a time when a, a test tube baby was, they didn't think the child would live, and it and was a secret, and they were afraid to tell anybody. And now in vitro fertilization is very common, and, and it's, it's well thought of. And it's part of 
the development of the species. It's, it's, it's part of our understanding nature and, and implementing nature for our own use. Richard on the phone. Richard, welcome to the show. Howdy. How you doing? Good. What's up? Um, I, I uh, had a dog and I lost him and, uh, and he was the best dog there was and I'd do just about anything to get him back. Now, does anything include spending up to $100,000 to get him back and not know that it's really him? Yes, yeah, I would. Okay. He's a good dog. Richard, I so we have a different opinion now. Yeah, well, we do. I think we, we're getting about 50-50 on this. seems like we have a very polarized audience on this, and we'd love to hear all week long what you think. Now, if you want to find out more about this and how this whole thing ends, obviously this is being filmed for TLC right now. There's a camera crew in the studio. And they think it's going to air May 7th. And you're going to take all three of them, I assume? Yeah, it's the same. It's the same incarnation. What Just in more parts. More parts. Okay. I so, have a romanticized view of it. I apologize. It's going to be a lot of animals there. A lot of peak. <laughs> yes. And you're going to see, when are you going to see these animals? Before this airs? On, on May 7th? Oh, I would think so. You let us know how it goes, will you? Yes, absolutely. Thank you for coming in studio today. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. George Simmel joining us. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Do you travel with your dog? Of course. My pets are part of our family. Me too. I take Daisy with me everywhere. Right, Daisy? So how do you find out what hotels welcome your dog? I read Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Sounds perfect for planning our next vacation. Right, Daisy? It is. Their motto is leave no dog behind, and they have great hotel and destination reviews. Where can I find the magazine? Go online to FidoFriendly.com. I will for sure. Come on, Daisy. We're off to find our next adventure. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. This one's for Vlade. We have Kira. Welcome to the show, Kira. Hi. I can't believe I got through. What's going on? <laughs> All right, Hi, so Kira. I have a big, big problem, and I will really appreciate if Vladi can give some input. So, Kira, Kira, um, Kira, hold on one second. You, 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 your accent is similar to mine. Are you from Polish? Uh, no, I'm from former Soviet Union, Moscow, to be specific. Wow. Wow, you're my compatriot or my comrade, my dear oh, really? Kira. I knew you were Russian, yeah. but I didn't know. Как дела? Здравствуйте. I know everybody oh. understands Spasiba. <laughs> okay, everyone oh knows Spasiba, you know. Okay, let's let's go back to, in English. So how can I help you? So this is what it is. I uh, married this amazing um, American guy. And you did? No, he's you not, did. Hold yeah, on he's one not second. the problem. Uh, he's not the problem. Hold on, hold on, hold problem, on. If he's any good, uh-huh. Kira, if he's any good. Oh, yes, he is. Okay. okay, he's lucky. No he had a hot chick, you know, who is no just... No complaints. Uh, no complaints okay. there. So you're cleaning for him and cooking for him. He's a, he's a basically a happy man, you know. Otherwise, he could be maybe end up with a pizza with a popcorn on the side. So go no, ahead. So, I actually have a job and we both cook and clean. So that's not like that. <laughs> oh, okay. So you're kind okay. of... Okay. So advanced here's, lady. Here's yeah. the situation. Okay. So, um, he's not the problem. The problem is my mother-in-law. First of all, oh my. I, um, I'm from, for her, I'm from so, uh, former Soviet Union, which means automatically that I'm, I'm a communist. 
and he's constantly harassing me with questions about uh, my communist past, which I don't have. I mean, I'm not a communist. I'm 36 years old, and I have nothing to do with the party. Still, she's very suspicious. Very suspicious. Okay. So, so guess what? Uh, now, uh, it's not only me suffering. Now it's my dog suffering because I have this great dog, German Shepherd. Okay. Um, and we are very close knit families. We hang out a lot. And what happens is that I bring my dog with me naturally, right? We all love our pets. Okay. We all want to be with them. Mm -hmm. So I bring the, my dog to her house and we mm -hmm. all hang out. Well, she has a cat. And now the problem is she's saying that my dog stresses her cat, forces her to sit on a bookshelf <laughs> instead of participating at the dinner. Oh, and... Oh um, my gosh! The cat, yes, and stops the cat from enjoying quote unquote family environment. Oh so my god! <laughs> so I guess from me being a communist, she decided <laughs> that my dog is also a terrorist. Oh so, my gosh! Your mother-in-law I mean, is the nuts. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I mean, really, I understand that my dog likes the cat as much as I like my. Mother-in-law, you know what I mean. There, it's natural. It's a dog and a cat. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, Kira. Dogs and cats—they eventually, if they don't grow, if they don't raise together, that's okay for them to to, to be like uh, Soviet Union and United States. You know, no, exactly. no, no love. Exactly. No love, but no fights. That's how it exactly. should be. Look, so you look, let me help. Right? Yeah, I got it. I got. It. Uh, hold on, hold on, Kira. You are very dominant. Have a dumb, dumb personality. Even I, when I'm talking to you, I'm kind of about making my pants uh, wet. You know, just, just oh. hold, on. hold on. Oh boy. Let, let, let me, let me help you out. Look. Uh, okay. Let me for, uh, let me help my, <laughs> my, my Russian comrade. You know, to help her with this evil. American mother-in-law. So here is what we were gonna do. Number one, so we have a two two situation. We have to make sure we're gonna deal with the pets and we're gonna deal with the mother-in-law. And I'm very good with both, with unruly husbands. With, yeah, sounds very promising. Yeah, yeah. So number one, I would uh, understand that starting the war is gonna be blood with your mother-in-law. So I would here's what I would do. I would pretend like you're a Labrador retriever in the in in the pit bull uh, skin. So I would invite her somewhere else on uh, Ooh, different territory, not in her own home. Yeah, mother-in-law. I would invite her first and I would I would I would sit down her and look straight in her eyes and you know and talk to her like when Soviet Union was talking to Americans. You know, like we love you, but you know what? You know, th this is the way to to be, and uh, let's they make the deal. And the deal is very simple, Kira. Mm -hmm. Tell her, please, when you come to us, no cats. When we come to your home, we will bring no dog, and that will establish the peace in your family. And thank you for calling me. It was a, such a great thank pleasure you. to speaking with you. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Fear Free Happy Homes. Don't forget you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now. It's made possible by Fear Free Happy Homes. Helping your pets live their happiest, healthiest, fullest lives at home, at the vet, and everywhere in between. Visit them at fearfreehappyhomes.com. And thanks, Fear Free, for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Ah!
The following program is a repeat of an earlier broadcast. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. In Japan, police are honoring a poodle for promoting road safety. The four-year-old poodle named Pluto was honored for walking around on his hind legs wearing a road safety sash during Japan's National Autumn Road Safety Campaign. I did not make this up. After seeing Pluto and his safety sign, passerbys contacted the police saying Pluto had given them a renewed recognition of the importance of road safety. Pluto walked on his hind legs to the police station to receive his honor. His owner, Kimio Koyama, was awarded a certificate of appreciation as well as some dog food for the award. And I was thinking a poodle walking on his hind legs in traffic would cause an accident. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Ouch! Well, by wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor, or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you. Painless. No more pricking my finger. No finger pricks. Convenience. They delivered it free and they took care of all the paperwork. You can reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use, and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus, we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. That's 800-785-1673. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Stacy Cohen for Animal Radio. Well, it's not often that you see a horse at Walmart tied up outside, but uh, the Humane Society has nicknamed this horse Wally, who turned up tied to a buggy rail outside of Walmart in Middlefield, Ohio. It seems that back in November, an Amish teenager steered Wally to the store, unhooked him from his buggy, tethered him to the rail, and the kid never came back. Kindly, though, the Walmart staff looked after the horse until police came for him. Now the local Humane Society is putting Wally up for adoption. Apparently, during rumspring, some Amish teens engage in very un-Amish behavior before they choose whether to remain in the community. And uh, Wally's owner may have come down with a bout of rumspring a fever. Or was it just a case of putting the mart before the horse? Does your dog groomer have a cosmetology license? This is a great idea. My little Jack Russell once, I took him to the groomer and he got out there and he had half his ear. I'm serious. It was a chunk of his ear. They they nipped his ear by accident. Well, State Senator Juan Vargas, a Democrat from California, has proposed just that. If adopted, California would become the first state in the nation to require vocational licenses for pet groomers. Great idea. In addition to requiring that groomers pass a state-issued exam and pay a a license fee of up to $350, the legislation calls uh, for statewide standards governing everything from lighting to record-keeping. Violating the law would be a crime punishable by fines up to $2,000, plus you could get a year in jail. Supporters say the proposed regulations would hold groomers accountable and protect your pet. And I think I agree with that. 
Families have been known to skirt cemetery rules in trying to reunite their dogs or pets with their owners, slipping a little tiny tub of ashes into a casket or sprinkling their remains at a gravesite when nobody's looking. But animal lovers won't have to be so sneaky anymore at Standing Rock Cemetery. The public cemetery operated by trustees on behalf of Kenton uh, and Franklin Township, Ohio, will now allow burial of animal remains in a newly designated section of the cemetery. People may also be buried with the ashes of their pet in the area bordering the pet section. Uh, they say that with our society moving in that direction, we thought it would be quite popular, and it's rare to find a traditional cemetery that will welcome man's best friend. How nice you could be buried with your pet. I'm Stacy Cohen. Get more animal breaking news at animalradio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at animalradio.com. Hi, this is Paul Rogers and Cynthia Rogers on Animal Radio. Just know that it's going to be all right, meow. (laughs) You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. We're going to switch on over. The Seasons of Stars continues here at Animal Radio coming up in just a couple of weeks. Park Overalls, Gary Berghoff and Ed Begley Jr., as well as uh, Kat Cora. Now, Ed Begley, he's going to be doing the carbon paw print. You know, he's like really into this whole green, green environment thing. Yes. Very green. <laughs> and uh, he'll be actually hosting that show coming up in just a few weeks. But we continue today with Elaine Boozler, comedian Elaine Boozler is joining us. And I didn't realize this till last week that she has, you know, I think it's a shelter or an organization called Tales of Joy. Uh, welcome to the show, Elaine. Thanks very much. What is Tales of Joy? And, and why haven't I heard heard about it until now. Shame on you. You I, won this and you haven't heard about it. I know. Uh, it's 11 years old. So um, are we. Have you heard about us? We're testing you. We yes. want to see how, if, if you know and you can tell us. <laughs> you can't intimidate me. Uh, it's it's 11 years old. It's an animal rescue and advocacy organization. It's nationwide. And basically we support uh, financially uh, the smallest, the tiniest little rescues across the country that don't get any other kind of funding. And also advocate for animal felony laws, enforcement, uh, getting circuses to stop using elephants, so all kinds of things, getting lab um, primates out of labs. Everything we can do, we do. Well, now, as a comedian, you don't see a lot of comedians that are actually engaging that much with the animal world like you do. Well, most comedians are animals, so we're very close to it. (laughs) (laughs) I actually started in rescue 16 years ago. I had lost my boxer, Petey, and I got very involved with Boxer Rescue in L.A., Um, good organization, and was volunteering and walking dogs and all that, and realized they needed an actual shelter, so spent about six years, got them an animal shelter in Sun Valley and realized they were then too big for the kind of organization I wanted to help. <laughs> so I formed Tales of Joy to, uh, to help the small guys. You know, in touring as a comedian, I really got to personally meet every tiny little rescue across the country after the shows and realized that three ladies saving cats in Iowa do a hell of a lot more and get more bang for the buck than the Humane Society of the United States. So. You know, that's what I tell people. A lot of people say, you know, God, I get these donation requests from these big organizations. Who do I give to? Yeah, and I, they can't decide. And I say, you know what? Give to your local shelter. Give to in your own backyard. They need it the most. 
use. And they do more with it. You know, in in this kind of rescue, every dollar is $7. And, you know, that's why if you don't know who to give to, we've vetted, you know, hundreds and hundreds of shelters. If you go to talesofjoy.net, you know, you choose small, local, and those are the people doing the hands-on, dirty, Mm -hmm. heartbreaking work. And, you know, not the big guys who have pensions and infrastructure and vacations. And expensive and cars. And and, oh, gosh. Oh, if you, you can go charitynavigator.com and, and look at and, who, how much of your dollar uh, goes to what you wanted to in any uh, uh, organization. And the Humane Society, I believe, only uses 2.5% for animals. Well, yeah, so I heard if you give them 20 bucks that it goes just to the mailers uh, to, to solicit you again. Well, of course. You know, you give them 10 bucks and you'll get garbage from China for a year and, instead of saving one kitten. Um, two and a half cents of every dollar is what they use to actually apply to animals, and that's not what where you want your dollar to go. That would be bad enough, but the real problem is now you're not giving it to a small local place that would actually save animals with it because you think you've given. You don't save one dog or cat when you send a dollar to the United uh, United Society of the United States. So look up your local places or send it to Tales of Joy and we'll send it to anywhere in your city. Lane, this is Vladi. I would like to, not just me, my Mika. Yeah, she would like Hi, to ask something. Mika, what a Hi, great Lane. name. <laughs> <laughs> look, she would like to ask what's wrong with her owner. You know, for some reason, I never try to be comedian. I never do that. I'm not sure what it has to do, but when I'm training the dogs, people want to give me tips for performance, for entertainment, and for some reason, when I am training the dogs, we normally go into the cities and I am training the dogs and I am harass the people, ask them participate, petting the dogs, letting the people sniff, uh, letting the dogs sniffing the people's butts because that's what how the dogs interacting. I open my mouth. And the people laughing. I'm not sure what is all this about. I mean, I maybe maybe do you think it's because I have that type of the Michigan accent because I'm originally from Michigan or what? It has I don't to know. Do you that? have a lot of gold teeth? Maybe that's it. <laughs> I don't think so. No, I don't. I have a wonderful teeth, by the way, and I'm always 25. By the way, ah, well, maybe they just feel your wonderful spirit that I can even feel over the phone. They call me infortainer. Uh, I heard that term, infortainer, you know, uh-huh. combination. But God bless your heart. I would like to ask you, and I, I know you will support me on that. You and I know, and the hell doesn't know, but you and I know. Wait a second. Yeah, hold on. Just hold okay. on. Let me, let me take a charge right now. You okay. know, I'm from Russia. We, we, we like to take a charge sometimes. Look, pets who comes to the your organization or organization you're supporting, you and I know most of their pets and at least a lot of them come because of the behavior problems. From the love, they, they act by emotions, and after that, you know, from the love to the hate, it's just one step, and they're getting the dogs back to the humane society, back to the rescue organizations, because they start to misbehaving. They need to understand. Once you get puppy, responsibility comes with education. You have to train your dog properly. If the dog is trained properly, he also behaves properly. Well, I couldn't have said it better myself. And, and really, they're given up because of the behavior problems of the owners. Oh, yeah. It's always the owner. You have a little animal there that you outweigh by 100 pounds. If, if that dog's not doing what you want him or her to do, it's you. It's not the dog. You know, a great misconception people have about dogs is they think if they train their dog, uh, he or she's going to lose all his 
his spirit and not be himself anymore. And, and they love to watch him run free. And, you know, oh, my gosh. I would love to kiss you right now. <laughs> the He's more so discipline bad. you give an animal, the more freedom your dog's going to have for his entire Thank life. You. If you have a dog But that's trained need... to come back to you when he's off the leash, you can let him off the leash anywhere wonderful because you know for his own safety, if you call him, he'll come right back. If you have a dog that isn't trained, you can never let him off the leash because he'll run under a car or into the jaws of something. So your dog has absolutely no freedom when he's not trained. You train a dog and you're the person in control. Your dog has more freedom than he would ever have than a crazy, bouncing, untrained animal. Well, let's start training the people. I yeah. think we got to start it. training the people, the people more than the dogs at this point because they need they need the training. The dogs, it comes easy. The people well, are a little more difficult. Of course. And when you, you know, people who send their dogs away to be trained, it's useless. A trainer needs to train the trainer. We have people come in and hand us a dog after eight or nine or ten great years with the dog and say, we want to travel now. You know, I would have given my dog a kidney to keep him going. I would have given him years off my own life. Elaine Boozler, unbelievable. Not only just a great comedian doing wonderful work for the animals. The website, talesofjoy.net. And of course, yes, we'll put links. J-I-L-S and check it out. We'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show over at AnimalRadio.com. Where are you going on tour? Let's see. I open in Las Vegas at the Riviera, and I have a book coming out this year called Big Fun. Okay, well, now you've discovered us, and we've discovered you after 11 years. Don't be a stranger, okay? <laughs> Thank you so much. This is Animal Radio. Do you have a home that you don't want anymore? We can buy it from you within 24 hours, any home, size, or condition. For over 20 years, we've been buying homes for cash and helping homeowners sell their homes immediately with no listings or strangers walking through your home. Are you moving? Did you lose your job? Going through a divorce? Whatever the reason, if you're in a bind and you know that you need to sell your house fast, call the expert team at I Need to Sell My House Fast. We'll make you a serious cash offer to buy your home in 24 hours and let you walk away from it. No listing, no waiting. Sell any home, any size, any condition now. Call the expert team at I Need to Sell My House Fast. Make this free call now. 
I guess my question is, right now they have him on an antidiarrheal antibiotic. Um, it starts with an M. I'm not really sure. Metronidazole. Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> now, I talked with the specialty doctor yesterday. She wants him to go ahead and start steroids. Mm-hmm. My doctor feels that he shouldn't be on the steroid till he's done with that. So I'm getting two conflicting answers, and I don't know what to do. Okay. Let me go back to the very beginning here. What kind of symptoms is your kitty showing? The first thing he started was he had diarrhea one morning, and but he was fine all day until the nighttime. He kind of went down, and the next morning I could tell he didn't feel good. So I took him to the doctor. He had 104.5 temperature. We were thinking blockage because mm-hmm. he could feel something inside of there, so they did the barium x-rays. They found he thought was a blockage, and when he got in there, it ended up being his appendix was so swollen. Okay. Um, that was that's what he thought was the blockage. So they went and closed him back up and didn't do anything. So darn, it's just a shame because we were right inside that belly uh, to get some samples would have been fabulous because that would answer the question for everything that we we're talking about right now. And when we're suspicious with kitties that have GI signs, vomiting, diarrhea, not eating well, any of those can fit with the diagnosis of inflammatory bowel disease. But the problem is, if I biopsy enough cats, I'll find inflammatory bowel disease in just about everybody. So um, we have to relate that to what's really clinically pertinent going on. Um, so for me. When I hear that the pancreas either had elevations on blood work or it looked abnormal on ultrasound, I'm going to believe that there's probably some pancreas um, involvement going on. The problem is you can get one or both of those together, so they're not usually exclusive. They often happen together. Um, For myself, um, even if I don't always have the benefit of a biopsy with inflammatory bowel disease, if the symptoms are bad enough and the kitty is showing those um, uh, either weight loss or those symptoms, I will move to prednisone. And um, I don't necessarily, if we're not currently running a fever, I don't typically have a problem starting prednisone. Um, Now, if we're still febrile at 104, yeah, I'm probably not going to go there yet. But prednisone is really kind of one of the first-line drugs that we use to treat inflammatory bowel disease. Um, So, uh, you know, I may not be able to comment exactly, you know, where you're at with your uh, veterinarian and things, but uh, I use it pretty liberally when it comes to cats with um, um, diagnosed um, inflammatory bowel disease in conjunction with a hypoallergenic diet, because that's also a very important way that we can um, approach this. If we have pancreatitis, then we would probably go more with a low-fat, highly digestible approach to that diet and, and see about that. They so, have him on EN right now. Purina EN, is that good for what's going on? Yeah, that's that's actually fits right into that category of that diet. So that is, um, you know, certainly appropriate. Um, so, you know, a lot of times I don't like to use one therapy exclusively. Um, a lot of times we'll use multiple therapies. So um, it would be nice to see if the metronidazole took care of things. But uh, in many cases, you know, we have to add in other things like the prednisone, the diet, and kind of throw even things like probiotics into the situation. Um, that helps to improve the immune system just by providing like a healthy flora for the gut. Um, so that would be something that if we're not doing, I often do that as well. Okay, um, I looked into that and I had asked a specialist doctor about that and she thought, eh, you know, it could go either way. There was never a scientific. So is there one specific one that you could recommend to me for him? 
There are several different uh, veterinary brands, and those would be the ones that I'd kind of gear towards um, as far as, uh, you know, different brands. You know, um, your primary doctor should have a couple on the shelf. I usually keep one or two um, in our office. But that would be the kind of thing that I'd be looking at, not necessarily going to the, you know, the health food store and just picking something up, um, something that's actually been shown for dogs and cats. But I think with the combination of those things and, you know, hell knows, uh, uh-huh. we use prednisone with one of his kitties for some chronic disease, and sometimes it is a necessary evil. Um, so if there's some benefit that your veterinarian feels we can glean from prednisone, then I'm all for, you know, using it for this type of condition. And I hope that helps you some here. Well, that is that. Now, should I take his temperature and make sure he's not lying on the fever before I throw a steroid in there? Well, you know, that's part of your veterinary assessment. So if the veterinarian does not feel that there's a temperature, does not feel there's indication of obstruction or other problems going on in the abdomen, then yeah, I'm a fan of using the prednisone. But I would make sure you're not making that decision without the benefit of a veterinary exam, okay? (laughs) Right, right. She told me to start it, but he just kind of seemed down today. So I didn't want to start it if he had something going on again. Well, that would be definitely a good thing just to check that at home if you have that capability then. Okay, perfect. Thank you for your call, Robin. Don't forget, you can also email us at yourvoiceatanimalradio.com. Check us out on Facebook at Animal Radio. And in fact, if you like us on Facebook this week, every single day this week, we're giving out a big old prize package for you and your pets. And uh, Twitter at Animal Radio, of course. We want to thank George Semmel for coming in today. And uh, don't forget that if you missed any part of today's show, you can also head over to the website at AnimalRadio.com and get the podcast. We want to thank Elaine Boozler next weekend on Animal Radio. Cat Cora, gotta go. See you. Have a great week. Bye-bye. is Animal Radio Network. Network.